Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. I'm so glad you're here today. Today is really an important episode for a lot of reasons. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. Do you ever have a fear of trying something new because you fear you're going to fail at it? Or are you somebody that says, I'm not good at cooking, I'm not great at math, or I'm not a leader? You know, sometimes we look at other people who are seemingly gifted. We look at Oprah Winfrey and how she does amazing interviews and how she connects with her audience. Or we look at J-Lo and how much confidence she has and how much presence she has on the stage. But we don't always see the effort and the failure and the learning that it took for them to get to the places that they are today. And then we end up comparing ourselves against them. And if this sounds like you, you might be suffering from a little bit of fixed mindset. My guest today, Rebecca Montabano, is the founder of Crafted Work Culture. She holds a BA in marketing and a master's in education. She is an expert instructor and facilitator, and I know this because I've been through her workshop. She is known for engaging her audiences with information, and her superpower is she helps people get it. And she does this by creating these powerful experiential learning and growth events where people are not only learning from her, but also learning from the other people in the room. And today, she is going to be creating another one of those experiences for you because she's here to talk about how to develop and grow a growth mindset. So let's dive in with Rebecca Montabano. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. All right. As I mentioned in the intro, I am so excited not only to have Rebecca on the show, but also about the topic that we are talking about today. We are talking about growth mindset. So Rebecca, why don't we start by giving the audience and our listeners a little bit of background, um, I guess, first of all, about how we met, and then I would love for them to get to know you and what you do. So I will let you chat about how we met. I met Natalie at a workshop in Minnesota last summer. And it was so funny. We sat across the room from each other at separate tables. And then we got put together on one of those activities where you group up with this little set of people. And she and I were like twins in separate (laughs) bodies. We were both completely eyes on the disc scale, if you're familiar with that. And so we just had a blast talking with each other. But when we left the workshop, she says, I'm going to get in touch with you. And I'm like, yeah, okay, great. Uh, She's never going to get in touch. And there she was. She hit me up right after the workshop. We've been on social media. And um, I just really appreciate getting to know her then. I feel exactly the same way. You know, you know, when you meet someone, and you feel like you've known them forever, 
And here we were, we were in the middle of this professional workshop where we're supposed to be doing this training. And you and I are just jibber jabbering the whole time. And we're just jibber jabbering. And we're like, this is amazing. And we should get together and we should, we should collaborate on things. And just the energy between us was so strong. And I was like, you know what, I really want her in my life. And I not only want her as a friend, but I know that we are, and I think we even said that day, we said, you know what, we're going to collaborate and we're going to do great things together. And so this is really, in my opinion, the start of that. And it's only the beginning. So I am so grateful you're on the show today. Thank you for coming. And I have to say, I literally have goosebumps right now because the topic that we are talking about today is so important, especially now. So I don't know when you're listening to this, but when this episode airs, it's going to be, what, May 21st, 2020. And if you're listening to this, when the episode airs, we are in the middle still of COVID-19. And, you know, things are tough. People are having a hard time. And things are starting to reopen, but nothing's really changed. People are nervous. People are afraid to go back to work. Um, People by this time either know people that have been sick or they're afraid of getting sick or they've had, you know, parents. um, I had a friend who's um, actually mom passed away. So and another person, their grandmother passed away. So, you know, things are tough. And And I've mentioned this on the show before, and then we're going to dive right into the topic. But I've mentioned this on the show before. People have been using this time in different ways. And one of the ways that a lot of people have been using this time is to reassess where they are professionally, where they are personally. And I do call this period of time an amplifier. So whatever you were feeling before about maybe your job or your spouse or your relationship or even the relationship with your kids, you know, it's an amplifier. It's either making things that much better or it's really shining a light on those things that you want to improve. And people are also in the phase of, at this point, reimagining. They've done the reassessment and now they're reimagining what they want for their future but then they get stuck or overwhelmed with, how do I do that? And Rebecca, that's why it's so important you're here today, because the first step in that is having a growth mindset. So I would love for you to um, share a little bit about your background and why you're here today as the expert on growth mindset. <laughs> All right. Um, my background, I have a day job along with my own business. Um, my day job is working in the workforce development area. For the federal government. And in that realm, we do a whole lot of leader development and career path development for people. And so my focus has been bringing helpful workshops into the workplace. My focus is making everything as practical as possible so that people feel like they got the bang for their buck. When they spend an hour, I want them to walk away with something that they can go back right now that's actionable and put into practice. And so that's what I focus on. And growth mindset has been so important to me all my life, but I didn't have vocabulary for it until about the last couple of years. Dr. Carol Dweck did the initial research and publishing in the late 80s. But again, I didn't find it in the late 80s. So I'm really happy to have it now because this is a big transition time for me. 
going from a full-time mother with children at home to them all being out of the house. And so it's been great for me to refresh myself on aspects of a growth mindset and get ready for what's coming next. Rebecca, thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. And I do want to say, I've actually been a participant in one of your workshops. And I can absolutely attest that your workshops are bar none, so engaging, so informative, so educational. And I learned so much. The one that I sat in was around diversity and inclusion. And I learned so much about myself and about things I didn't even know about myself. And I I consider myself a pretty aware person. And I walked away from that workshop really gaining a lot. So you are a fantastic facilitator and teacher. And so I just want to really say, again, I'm so excited you're here today. So why don't we start by talking about what exactly is a growth mindset? A growth mindset is, let me let me contrast it with the opposite. And nobody is either all growth mindset or all fixed mindset. This is a spectrum that you're on based on right now today or the topic that's being discussed. But when you have a growth mindset, you believe that everything is something that can be improved, that you are not stuck and you are not static and um, you can move forward and learn and grow easily on by using certain steps that you can improve. When you have a fixed mindset, it is about this is the way it is. This is the way it's always going to be. There's nothing I can do about it. And I don't want to bother and don't challenge me. And I'm not interested in your feedback. With a growth mindset, you take feedback and you welcome it because you know it can help you improve. So those are just some of the aspects of a growth mindset. So how do you develop a growth mindset? So I guess one of my questions is, are some people just born more positive with a growth mindset? And is it part of their upbringing? And maybe some people are born with just more of a fixed mindset? Or how do you develop that if you don't necessarily have it right now? I absolutely think that you could naturally be more prone to a growth mindset and positivity based on the circumstances in which you grew up and the circumstances you find yourself in today. That's going to be a major factor in whether you can have a growth mindset or fixed mindset. Those fixed mindsets emerge out of fear. And so when we grow up and we're constantly bullied or uh, talked down to or verbally abused, that makes you shrink back and not ever even try because what, what, why should you try? What would it be worth? And so it develops as an adult into irritation and aggravation It doesn't look like fear anymore because nobody wants to look like a scared little kid. But that fixed mindset is almost always coming out of fear. I think that's really, that is really important. And I think it's important for us to not only understand about ourselves, but for those of us that do have a growth mindset, who maybe have to interact with people that have a fixed mindset. I think it's so important to know that, you know, whether you're on a team or whether you're in a relationship or whether and you're butting up against someone who is really stuck in their ways or has that more so kind of that victim mentality, that really having that compassionate understanding that most of it is maybe on the outside coming out as irritation and agitation, but underneath that is really a a scared little child. 
you know, I think it helps us have more compassion for that person. But what are ways that people can maybe get unstuck? I mean, because I, most of my clients, a lot of people, you know, come to me and say, you know, I'm stuck. And so how do people kind of get unstuck out of a certain situations or, or how do they grow into a growth mindset? So when you approach the topic with people, I like to give them a visual. There is an infographic where it talks about the fixed mindset and the growth mindset, and then it makes a list of several different aspects of it. And I really like for people to be able to sit with that visual and think without feeling judged about their reaction to it, because that needs to be extremely internal. And anything that you say in that moment is going to be taken as rainbows and unicorns, and it's not going to sound plausible at all. So the first thing I like to do is just present the topic in that way. And then I like to talk about taking steps toward that as where are you stuck? What do you think is keeping you stuck? And get them kind of rolling onto that pathway before I give them, you know, step one, step two, step three, because it sounds too simple. Mm -hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. And to follow that question, if you're a leader, you're leading a team, and, you know, inevitably, you know, there are people on teams that very much have growth mindsets, and then there are people on teams that have fixed mindsets. As a leader, how do you engage or how do you how do you really support those people with the fixed mindset to get out of that mindset? You know, is there anything as a leader that you can do? Absolutely. And the most important thing that leaders can do with this and any other topic is to demonstrate um, that they are living this thing and that it is working for them. And you must be verbal about it in a way that you're just letting people know that I just read this incredible book and this, 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 and here's what I got out of it. Things like that sound so simple, but it's showing that you know you're not done educating yourself. You're not done growing and you want to keep that going for yourself. Also, there are team activities which lend themselves to getting people in that mindset when you bring in someone to facilitate even the smallest type of team building. Um, when somebody sees a result of a really effective, powerful team building, they're no longer going to look at this as, oh, God, we're going to go do trust falls. And, and they really can look at this. But so the biggest thing is as a leader to demonstrate it and then to absolutely privately show praise when you see somebody that has had mostly a fixed mindset begin to look at, begin to experiment, begin to consider having a growth mindset. Yeah. And I think what comes up for me as you're talking about it is, you know, you also have to build a culture both on your team and in your organization, right, that gives some latitude around taking risks and failing. And, you know, not even I, I hate the word failing, but just learning, right, learning from mistakes. Because someone with a fixed mindset, knowing now, as you're speaking, that it's coming from a place of fear, if they get into an environment where they make a quote, unquote, mistake, and they take a risk to do something that is, is outside of their comfort zone. And then they're either chastised for that or penalized for that. 
that is going to keep them in that place, right? And so we really need to be conscious as leaders of building a culture on our, as I mentioned, on our team and in our in our organizations around really giving people space and latitude to to try. And for that matter, even with our kids, you know, I think about that in families as well. We really need to to give our kids and even our spouses the ability to risk and to try and to try something different and to really praise them for that type of behavior. What are your thoughts on that? I hope that everybody practices leadership at home and then brings that expertise and experience into their teams at work because there's no higher stakes than in your home. These are, if you have offspring, these are the people that you're raising to be future leaders, I hope. And that's where you need to be absolutely 100% transparent and vulnerable and get your growth mindset in gear. And perfect is the wrong word, but to hone your skills there and hone your skills in working with people. Also, sadly, once you get to be a certain age, and you've had that fear and that resistance and that fixed mindset for so long, it becomes more about complacency. And then you can develop pride about your complacency. Like, I am this good and this is what I do. And I hope you take advantage of my talent. And that's it. And that's really sad. Yeah. So Rebecca, while we're on the topic, can you give maybe parents some ideas around how they would you know, develop a growth mindset or create an environment at home? Because I completely agree with you. Leadership starts at home. We're developing the great leaders of the future. And, you know, that's why this podcast talks about families and relationships and leadership and everything else, because it's all intertwined together. Um, So can you give some parents some ideas around what they might do to inspire a growth mindset in their children? Well, first of all, learning as much as you possibly can about a growth mindset and having some vocabulary for it. And then being able to, again, start with yourself, start with that person in the mirror and work on the aspects that you're struggling with. And what's really great is when you discuss that, say at the dinner table, I was having a really hard time with this because I didn't think I could do it. And I decided that I'm going to use my growth mindset and I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and I'm going to see what I can do. And here's what happened. And just be very verbal about the struggle that you go through, even as an adult, to make these things happen. There are all kinds of resources online that are specially made for um, middle school age and high school age kids regarding growth mindset and how to create more of an academic looking environment around that topic. To keep it really simple, it's about you talking about it and doing the things and sharing your experiences, making it real. I think that's great. And we'll put some of those resources in the show notes as well as our listeners are interested in learning more about a growth mindset. So I'm going to play devil's advocate for one second. So there may be some people listening who might be in a slightly fixed mindset who might be saying, This sounds a little woo-woo. Can people really change? And then secondly, you know, just by thinking about having a growth mindset, is that really something that you can choose just by believing that you can? So what is your response to that? Belief is the first place to start. And for the complete naysayer, 
I encourage you to go and research neuroplasticity and learn about that topic because most naysayers rely very much on um, research and academics to make their point or be convinced of something. And so neuroplasticity is the ability of the brain to change based on what challenges it comes upon. For example, research showed that in the city of London, which is not laid out on a grid like we do most our cities, it's very difficult to find your way around. A, a particular area of their brain was enlarged because they were cab drivers in London. Hmm. They had to have spatial information in there of how to get from point A to point B. And when they stopped being a cab driver, that area decreased in size. And for people just starting, it increased in size. There is absolute 100% proof that your brain changes based on what it's faced with. And so like a muscle, you develop that by presenting challenges and exercising it and going down that pathway. So basically what I hear you saying, Rebecca, is that our brain is no different than any other muscle in our body, that if we're complacent on the couch watching Netflix... (laughs) which I have been guilty of a little bit during COVID, that, you know, that muscle isn't getting activated. But what I hear you saying is that the brain can grow and can change. So you're really saying that people can change. 100% I am saying that people can change, but only to the degree that they're willing to open and look, open their minds and look at something. And so there is this little um, step one, step two, step three to get yourself kicked off. And the first thing to do in looking at developing growth mindset is to reflect. Reflect on the fact that any skill that you currently have was developed at some point. So you learned something in the past to get to where you are today and you experienced hopefully some struggle in that learning and then you overcame it through practice and, and effort. And when you reflect on that, you know you can do that. And you did it on this skill. Why couldn't you do it on this other skill? Those are transferable skills. So that's important. And then you just take an experiment, pick a relevant skill, and learn something new. And you aim really low and start really simple and prove to yourself that you can learn this thing. And then again, Understanding the research that's gone into neuroplasticity should help you have an overarching belief that this is possible. No, that's really important. And it's one of the things as you were speaking about the example of, you know, taking something and knowing that you've learned from previous experiences and that you've been through tough times. I'm a huge believer in letting our kids struggle for that very reason. And I know many parents feel like they need to protect their kids. And if their kids get a bad grade on a test, the parents are in the teacher's office and having the conversation. And really, it's what I'm seeing as a result of that in my younger clients is a lack of resilience, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, because younger people typically don't know how to take care of problems. And building that resilience really builds that growth mindset. It gives them, when they're in that phase of reflecting, they can reflect back and say, oh, you know, I've gone through hard things. I can do hard things. I've been through tough times. I've gotten through it. And so now I know that I have the ability to get through this 
tough time that I'm going through. And sometimes I, I know parents come from a really loving, a really loving protective place when they're trying to quote unquote help their kids. But in actuality, we're really doing them a certain disservice by being that protective, by not letting them advocate and get through their own problems, whether it be with their friends or social situations or school, we really need to let them advocate and get through these times on their own when it's age appropriate. I mean, I obviously, and when their health and safety is at risk, I mean, that's obviously a time for a parent to intervene. But within reason, we need to give our kids the tools and the abilities to get through these things on their own. What are your thoughts on that? 100%. 100%. That resiliency is so vitally important. We can't, old school was that you need to collect all these facts before you go into the real world and then you're ready. And uh, we now know that our job is to help people learn how to learn because we're not ever going to be able to manage all the facts. They're, they're multiplying too quickly, uh, exponentially, and we're not going to be able to have that. So we just need to learn how to learn. And part of that is learning how to cope and learning how to deal with new and difficult situations. And you mentioned failure. One of the most important things is to reframe failure for yourself. And that takes a lot of work. If you look at failure as the brick wall that stops you in your tracks, that's not very resilient. And it's not going to help you right now because we have no precedent for what we're going through right now. We need a growth mindset to get through this. And if you can frame failure, as an acronym, FAIL, first attempt in learning, and look at it as part of the growth process, you might be able to help yourself know that you're going to try this. And if that doesn't work, you're going to try that. And if that doesn't work, you're going to try this other thing. And then if you need mentoring or coaching along the way, you're going to do that too, because this is something you want to do. And you have that self-efficacy that you can do this. Okay, I absolutely love that. Did you say first attempt in learning? Fail. First attempt in learning. I absolutely love that. I actually haven't heard that before. And I love it because, first of all, I really dislike the word fail. I just, I don't think there's any failure. I don't look back at any time of my life or my kid's life and say, oh, they failed at something. I feel like those are precious gems of opportunities to pivot or go down a different path or learn from that experience and really take it to grow and develop yourself. So, I love that first attempt in learning. I have some really great examples in my program where I talk about famous celebrities who failed before they became great at what we know them for. One is Oprah Winfrey got fired as an anchor because <laughs> she just wasn't right for TV. How hilarious is that? And then Michael Jordan, there's a great quote from him and it says something to the effect of, I have failed over and over and over again in life. And that is why I succeed. Because mm. you learn from those failures. You learn to get better. Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely love that. So talk to us a little bit about what do you feel are things that hold people back from maybe even people that have a growth mindset? Like what do you feel are things that get in people's way sometimes? All right. I want to use myself as an example and just be completely vulnerable here. Love it. So I'm a really positive person and I am a complete SpongeBob if you look at different personality types. <laughs> but there are areas of my life where I struggle and um, 
when I look at those areas and I am dealing with those areas, I can kind of stick and not really want to put forth that effort that I know is needed to get where I need to get in this area because I have failed in the past. I've tried these different things. I'm predisposed to this, but I just keep talking to myself. And that brings me to one of the most important aspects of developing a growth mindset. And that is how you talk to yourself. How do you talk about yourself? And if you are constantly doing these things, like I'm terrible at math. Oh, I'm just not creative. Oh, oh, I'm a hot mess. And I really feel like people do that in an attempt to be very transparent and authentic. However, what they're doing is convincing themselves that this is a permanent condition and that this is not something that they're going to break out of. And I really work with people on that. Um, I have an associate at work who constantly does that. And we've gotten into this little pattern where she'll say something like that. And I'll say, actually, you haven't done it yet. And she just grins because we've gone over and over and over. She goes, that's right. That's right. I just haven't done it yet. And Dr. Carol Dweck uses that term, learn to use the phrase, not yet. So thank you for sharing that, by the way. And So what you're saying is, you know, whether I say I'm terrible at math or I'm not a good cook or I'm not creative. So how can we reframe that in a positive way or in a growth mindset way? I think it's really important to notice it first. And some people, these are verbal tics for people and they just do it right off the cuff and they don't think about it. And it's really important to be able to uh, become aware that you're doing that. And so you need to kind of enlist some help from some trusted allies, uh, friends or colleagues or your coach, that when they hear you do that, they'll point it out in a sweet way and uh, in a private way so that you begin to look at, oh, okay, I do this. Oh, okay, I do this because it's so automatic. I don't think people realize that they do that. And then there's a, um, I call it a reverse support group. (laughs) You know how the smokers at work all hang out with the smokers at work and they kind of keep each other smoking. It's like that reverse (laughs) support group. So, oh, you know, I'm a hot mess. I'm a hot mess. Everybody talks about how much of a hot mess they are on their um, social media feed. And, oh, well, I'm going to be a, a hot mess, too. Let me tell you how hot a mess I am. And that is simply so negative. And it's an input from your own self. You have absolute control over. And another factor is inputs all the way around from who you hang around with and what they're all about and their attitudes toward these type of things to what you read, to what you watch on TV and what you binge on. These all come out in your vocabulary, in your growth mindset, in your development of yourself. All these inputs factor in and you need to be really mindful when you're trying to do something. You need to be mindful of what you're putting in. Oh, my gosh. Okay, there's so much to unpack here. You gave us so many great nuggets. I couldn't agree with you more. So I I just did a presentation to a group of high school girls And I put up a slide that says, you know, on average, our brain has 50,000 thoughts per day, about 80 to 90% of those thoughts for women are negative about ourselves when we think about ourselves. And by the end of the presentation, it was a very small, intimate group. I asked the girls, 
what was one takeaway that they were going to take away from the group and they were going to change about themselves. And just like you said, this one girl who lovingly volunteered, she said, I never realized how many negative thoughts I think about myself every day until you made me aware of it. And she said, my takeaway is I'm just going to try to reduce that down, you know, to maybe 50% or even 30%. And I said, and what do you think the benefit of that would be for you? And she's like, I think I would be a much happier, more joyful person. Because I mean, you think about all that negativity, right? And as adults, I think I've mentioned on the show before, my husband's a therapist. As adults, those negative voices are typically ourselves, but they're typically apparent. And so I call those the gremlin voices and, you know, or the self-saboteur. And we hear it in our own voices, but it's actually typically more likely a parent, a critical parent. And so if you can just, huge, huge thing is just if you can separate out those voices from your voices and just know that you have control over those voices and you don't have to listen to those voices, you don't have to give them, you know, space and time in your brain. Just even like you said, just being aware that they're there is such a huge monumental thing. And it, it can literally be so transformational, just that awareness alone. So thank you for bringing that up because I, I do think that is a huge underlying foundational factor in having a growth mindset. And I also love how you said, you know, kind of around that negative support. You know, I know for myself, I had a girlfriend, uh, I don't know, about 20 years ago, who, you know, was just in that constant negativity and constant negativity. And I just, I found myself being brought down and getting sucked into that myself. And it's not who I am at all. And at some point, I actually made a conscious decision to end the friendship because I couldn't be in that in that kind of environment anymore. And so I love that you you talk about, you know, being conscious about who you're hanging out with and what messages are they sharing and how are they influencing you and your own mindset. So that's huge as well. And then again, you know, just what inputs, you know, from social media. I had a client who was struggling with anorexia and she realized that she was following a bunch of models. She was a younger client. She was realized she was following a bunch of models online. And every day she was just getting bombarded by, you're not thin enough. You're not beautiful enough. And I mean, I think as women, these are messages we all struggle with. And, you know, really be conscious about who you're following on social media. Are you following people that have positive messaging and are really building you up? Or are you following people that are bringing you down. So thank you for sharing all of that. I really appreciate it. And you brought up something in that where you talked about your inner saboteur. And one of the things in my program, we talk about recognizing the fixed mindset voice. And that's when you're considering doing something and you hear that little voice that says, are you sure you can do that? What if you fail? Who's going to be watching? That is the voice that you need to recognize as your inner saboteur. And sometimes you can even give it a name. Uh, you can call it your negative Nancy or whatever. And so that when you, when you feel those feelings, oh, what if this doesn't work? You can learn to talk back to it. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. 
So I would love, Rebecca, you've mentioned a couple times, um, you've mentioned you're in your program. So I would love for you to tell my listeners about your program and how they can access it. Great. Well, it's almost ready to launch. It will be up shortly. And if anybody's interested, they can email me. It'll be in the program notes. Mm -hmm. It's called 30 Days to a Growth Mindset. And the reason it's a 30-day program and not a one-hour workshop or whatever, this is a really humongous undertaking to change your perspective. Your growth mindset is a very, in some ways it sounds really simple, but it's such a big deal. And it's good to take it one day at a time, one nugget at a time and learn different things about it and allow yourself time to process that information and experiment throughout the day with that new information and bring it into practicality and have experience with it. And then you're going to need to be having interactions with others who are going through the exact same thing. And so that's part of the program as well, is just to be able to discuss that because that's part of reflecting. Uh, Anytime you learn, the way that you make that practical and work and not something that goes in and then just comes right back out and forget it, is to reflect on it, discuss it, and look at practical ways to bring it into your life. I love that. So what I really hear you saying is, you know, not only are you helping people build a habit of a growth mindset, which takes time, but you're helping them do it in a community with just like we were just talking about, in a group of like-minded people who are wanting to grow and learn and change and um, better themselves. So what a great place and what a great opportunity, especially to be working with you because I mean, come on. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, your workshops are just top notch. And so I highly recommend this for anyone who really wants to improve, even if you already have a growth mindset, if you're wanting to up level, you know, there's always opportunity for growth. And if you're really wanting to get some help and support, I would highly recommend Rebecca's workshop, 30 Days to a Growth Mindset. And like you said, we'll have your contact information in the show notes. So I always ask my guests this. And so before we close, I do want to to ask, so Rebecca, what do you feel are your superpowers or your gifts to the world? (laughs) In a one summary sentence, I help people get it. When I was in a a classroom, uh, I had students who'd say, I don't get it. And there's no help for I don't get it. There's help for I don't understand this aspect. But my big deal is to help people get it. And so um, I help people clarify their values and establish their why. I try to help everybody know that everybody is a leader in some facet. Mm -hmm. We are leaders and we need to walk in that. And then, I try to develop solutions and paths forward with people where they want to go. I love that. And so when you talk about your your gifts, really, and you helping people get it, can you share an example of a time that you really helped someone or a group or a team get it that you're most proud of? I do workshops on unconscious bias. And unconscious bias is a, a really uncomfortable topic. And it's actually a mandatory course where I work. So it's always fun to get a room full of people come into your class or your workshop uh, who have to be there and they have no choice. But it is always huge for me to be able to bring that topic in a way that helps people begin to discuss it and begin a dialogue about their bias and make it something that they have an understanding in a different way 
and feel less threatened that someone's trying to change them and understand that this is something that they can empower themselves with. And so that was actually, I I know I said it was kind of under the diversity and inclusion umbrella, but that was the workshop that I did with you was unconscious bias. And so for those that are listening that might not know what unconscious bias is, can you just give a brief overview of what that means and, and how it affects us? Unconscious bias is the way in which you judge and pigeonhole people and situations really quickly on a daily basis in order to be able to process all the information we're bombarded with constantly. You can't constantly make thoughtful choices all day long. And so your brain creates shortcuts. And so it's important to become aware of the term unconscious bias and then learn to recognize certain aspects of unconscious bias. When we when we pigeonhole people because they're super young or if we pigeonhole people because they're older, uh, oh, I know what they're going to say because blah, it diminishes us and it diminishes our ability to respect people and listen to all the ideas and make sure we're getting everything on the table. Yeah, it's great. Like I said, I, I consider myself someone that's very aware. And when I went through that workshop, I realized things about myself that maybe I validated some things, but also that some things that I realized that I wasn't super proud of, I didn't even realize I was doing. And what I found is exactly what you were saying is you help people get it. And you do it from such a compassionate, loving, non judgmental place. And you really created safety in that workshop for me to explore those things that were uncomfortable for me in such a safe space that I completely walked out of there just blown away by the whole experience. So I love that your superpower is that you help people get it because I couldn't have articulated it better. I think that's exactly you and it's exactly what makes you who you are. And I'm so glad you were here today sharing your gift and your wisdom about a growth mindset with my listeners. Um, Any last thoughts or comments you have or lessons that you would want people to walk away with today? Well, let's just talk about three simple benefits. If you can develop a growth mindset, why would you want to do it? And if you can develop a growth mindset, you're more likely to start, you're more likely to stick with it, and you're more likely to stay hungry for more. So this is for the person who is ready to do some things. Growth mindset is really going to be your kickoff. And I couldn't have ended any better because I know my listeners are people that are hungry for learning and growth. And there's never any end to that. And it's one of the things you know, I know about myself, I have an insatiable curiosity about learning and growth. So I'm so glad you were here to share this with everyone today, because I know it's something that's near and dear to, to my heart and to your heart. And you do such a great job of it. So Thank you for being here, Rebecca. I really appreciate it. And so glad you were here. Thanks, Natalie. It was a blast. Of course. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation, or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. 
I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now. Thank you.